Welcome to Current, a no-nonsense current event show with facts and opinions that are both educational and entertaining. Now, your host of Current, Valerie Hayes. Welcome to Current. I'm so excited that you're joining us for today's episode. We've got a great show for you. It's all about money. And who isn't concerned about money on a daily basis? You know, Current is a show for you. We created it for you to get the information you need to develop your own opinion and to make decisions about how you live on a daily basis. Because a lot of people are confused and overwhelmed by shows that talk about current events. They tell you what happened but they don't tell you why. And without knowing the why behind the what, it's almost impossible to develop your own opinion. Current is not a show where there's yelling or name calling or guests talking over each other so that you cannot hear a word that's being said. It's really a kitchen table conversation where people share their views and insights so that you can learn more than you already know about a given topic. And as I mentioned, today's topic is money. We're going to be talking about oil prices and the economy and how the shifting oil prices might be impacting you on a daily basis as a consumer. We're also going to be talking about state and federal minimum wages. Plus, I'm going to be sharing my personal summary of the Democratic and Republican candidates for president. So it's a jam-packed show, and I hope you enjoy listening. I know if you're anything like me and you filled up your car recently, you've noticed that you're paying significantly less at the pump than you were just 12 months ago. Well, well, there have been a few ups and downs along the way in the last year, but the cost of a barrel of oil recently dipped to its lowest price since 2004. Experts predict that it will be several years before oil returns to 90 or even $100 a barrel, which was the price that was pretty much the norm over the previous decade. So what's driving the drop in oil prices? How does it impact the economy, and what can we expect in the future? Well, joining me today, my first guest is known as America's Money Answers Man because he has been answering America's questions on personal financial topics for over 35 years. He was Wall Street correspondent for Money Magazine for 18 years and was the financial correspondent for NBC News for nine years and has written 14 books on financial topics. His website is moneyanswers.com. That's moneyanswers.com, which has low Loads of helpful resources and links and allows you to email your financial questions directly to him. So joining me today, America's Money Answers Man is Jordan Goodman. Welcome to Current, Jordan. Great to be with you, Valerie. Well, as I said, everybody is excited now when they go to the gas station. You know, a couple years ago, we were moaning and worrying about our pocketbooks. But now we're exciting because we're filling up our gas tanks for very, very little money. Over the weekend, my husband filled up his, you know, giant truck, you know, man truck that he drives about town for $17, which is pretty wow. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a deal. Um, what is really what is really triggering this massive drop in oil prices that we're seeing resulting in these record low gas prices? Directly, it's supply. Okay, there's much too much supply of oil around the world. Demand has been relatively stable, but the big change in supply is what made prices go down so much. So in the U.S., we've had this fracking uh, kind of shale revolution. We used to produce about 3 million barrels a day. Now we're producing about 9 million barrels a day. So that was a big addition to the world supply. Um, also, Iran, which had been embargoed for 35 years, is now the embargo is off, and they're starting to export as well. Iraq, which was a total mess, is now exporting. Uh, Russia. Uh, so all of these places are exporting much more oil than they had in the past. 
with demand roughly the same, you've had a dramatic decrease in oil prices. I mean, a year ago, as you said, they were well over $100 a barrel. Uh, they recently got as low as $26 a barrel. Now they're back into the mid-30s. Um, but still, it's made a major change, both positively and negatively, in the world economy. So this really is as simple as Economics 101, where it's supply and demand. You mentioned- well, it is, but there are, there's a political reason for it as well. Okay, In right. other words, normally in the past, when prices would go down, the Saudi Arabians, who are kind of the swing producer, would have lowered their production. They produce about 11, 12 million barrels a day. They said, well, we got to support the price, so we'll bring it down to make six or seven million barrels a day, and that would kind of stabilize the market, and it would go back up again. This time, they're not doing that uh, because they need the money. They've got all kinds of social programs they're spending the money on. In fact, they're actually issuing bonds now and, and running through their reserves. It's pretty amazing that the Saudi Arabians are going to be running out of money here. But they're not acting as the swing producers they did in the past. And as I said, you've had these new uh, you know, supplies, both from the U.S., Russia, Venezuela, all these places. So there's a political reason why the prices have stayed so low. Uh, OPEC... Uh, which normally had a you know pretty good control on the oil prices, now about a third of the world's oil production, and they all cheat. You know, you know what OPEC stands for? The Organization of Petroleum Exporting Cheaters, because that's what they are. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that moniker. I think that's a, a creative interpretation. And I think you're right, because with the political destabilization, which is a $30 million word, obviously, in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, which would have previously cut production to increase price, they're worried if they cut production that Iran and Iraq, who are new players now in exporting oil um, internationally as well as specifically to the U.S., Iran and Iraq can just undercut Saudi Arabia by keeping their prices low, right? Yeah, they would take market share is the way they would put it. Correct. And right. Iran and Iraq have similar cost of production, maybe 2 3 $4 a barrel, something like that. And the United States... We produce maybe $60 a barrel, something like that. So at 25, the entire U.S. oil industry is basically not economic. At 25, they can still make money at Iran, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. They make less, but they still can make money because their cost of production is so much lower than ours. And you also mentioned that fracking is increasing the supply. There's more oil available due to fracking. And I know a lot of people may have heard of fracking in the news. Oh, it's not environmentally sound. What exactly is fracking and how does it result in the extraction of oil? So fracking is where they put gas or uh, water in various places into uh, places which in the past they could not get oil out of. And now because of these new techniques, they put high pressure down there. They're able to get oil out of these, the shale oil, as they call it, where in the past they couldn't. And it's made a huge difference. Again, 9 million barrels a day instead of 3 million barrels a day. So places like North Dakota, the so-called Bakken shale, um, in uh, Texas, the Eagleford shale and the Permian shale, these places which had pretty much been tapped out are now booming as far as the amount of oil they can produce. So it's technology that's really changed the equation there. So with the you know, pleasant surprise at the gas station with these lower costs to fill your gas tank, there are also some downsides. It's estimated that over 250,000 oil workers have been laid off. Right. And, you know, uh, communities that were maybe selling groceries or uh, goods and services to those oil workers are seeing a drop off in their revenue as well. So although it's great that gas prices are, are dropping and we're seeing less payment at the pump. What are some of the downsides to the drop in oil and gas prices? There are about eight states in the United States 
that are major oil producers, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Texas, North Dakota, Wyoming, I won't go through Alaska, and they're the ones being hurt really badly by these lower oil prices. Just a, t- a personal story, Valerie. I was last week in Odessa, Texas, uh, giving a speech to dentists. I give speeches all over the country, and I was giving the speeches to the dentists of Odessa, actually. Um, and just to tell you a story or two from there, this is what's called the Permian Basin, Odessa and Midland. They talk about West Texas crude. That's where it is, West Texas there. And so uh, two years ago, the population of what they call the Petroplex, which is those two combined, was about 300,000. Now, two years later, it's about 250,000. They've lost 50,000 people in the last two years. They used to have these so-called man camps. There was no place to stay, basically, when oil was well over $100 a barrel. They told me a story there that the Holiday Inn Express was charging $300 a night two years ago. Now it's $20 a night. Uh, the Motel 6 was charging $150 a night. Now it's like $10 a night or something like that. Um, so all these people that were coming in to work on the oil fields and make lots of money are all gone right now. So the economy is really quite depressed. When I went on the, on the uh, highway from the airport into uh, Odessa, all along the highway, there was a huge field, I would say at least 100 uh, idle drilling rigs. And people were telling me each of those drilling rigs cost about $50 million and just sitting there doing nothing because oil is so low. So it's had a real impact, and I just saw it last week uh, right there in Odessa, Texas. So do you think that um, the supply and demand issue that is impacting the oil prices, do you think that that is kind of the new status quo? I know that we've seen um, a little bit of an uptick recently. Right. Do you do you see it going to be a very slow, painful recovery? Do you think that something's going to change? What do you predict for well, the next? Well, eventually it'll change, but I think we're going to stay low for quite a while here. Uh, the, the supplies we talked about, I mean, the big new swing factor is Iran. Iran's now producing 500,000 barrels a day. They're going to be investing in their fields now that the embargo is over, and they may be producing another two or three million barrels in, in a year or so. So that's the new additional swing factor as well. So I really don't see oil going back to even $50 a barrel for at least two years. Now, eventually, if demand picks up and we cut back on production, I mean, there's been a lot of rigs that have been shut down, as I just mentioned, in Odessa and other places. So we are producing less than before. Eventually, supply and demand will kind of get back to a balance, and I can see oil going up again. But not really anytime soon, Valerie. I think the next at least two years, we're going to have oil in the 30s, uh, if not 20s, uh, because of this huge oversupply. How does the price of oil impact the overall economy's recovery from the Great Recession? Well, it's positive or negative. In the eight states we talked about, it's very negative. Okay, as we we talked, people lose jobs, uh, huge, and these are high-paid, high-wage, uh, high-benefit kinds of jobs: oil workers and so on. Um, the, the service workers and retail stores aren't close to making as much as an oil worker uh, would be. On the positive side, it has put a lot more money into consumers' pockets. I mean, when I was down in Odessa, I literally paid a dollar thirty-eight a gallon. I almost felt guilty. I said, "Couldn't you take more?" That's <laughs> like, okay. In, in California, it's below three dollars a gallon. So that does mean, as just as your husband, it costs an awful lot less to fill up your tank. So what are consumers doing with the so-called windfall? Or what they're doing is they're saving it. The savings rate has gone up, or they're paying down debt with it. They've got credit card debts, student loan debts, mortgage debts, and so on. They're not going on a wild spending spree, as some economists might have said they were going to do. So it's been positive. It's better to have consumers be in stronger financial shape and be in less debt and have more savings. But it has not caused this spending boom that a lot of economists thought was going to happen. 
So would your advice to consumers, the average individual, you know, who's getting a little bounce back to their monthly budget because of the gas prices, your advice in order to really leverage this for their own financial success is to save that money or pay down debt? Certainly paying down debt is a good thing. And let me give some specific websites and strategies that will help people, Valerie, if that's okay with you. That'd be great. On the debt side, you want to pay your mortgage off as fast as possible. And there's a strategy called mortgage optimization, which literally allows you to pay off a 30-year mortgage in about five to seven years on your existing level of income. That's perfect in the environment we're in right now. There's a website people can find out more about that, which is truthinequity.com. And basically what it does is it allows you to take a home equity line of credit, or what's called the HELOC, which is a liquid line against your house. You can put money in. You can take it out whenever you like. You keep your income in the HELOC instead of in your checking account where it's sitting there earning nothing. And every day that goes by, you're making a little bit of progress in your principal and pay off your mortgage in five or six years instead of 30 years. That's saving you tens of thousands of dollars of interest and literally 25 years off your mortgage. That's a good thing. I want people to get out of debt as fast as possible, and that's a way of doing it. So, again, if that helps anybody, the website for that would be truthinequity.com. So that's on the reducing debt part. On the savings side, yes, it's good to save, but you want to earn something on your savings. If you have it in the bank, literally, you earn zero today in CDs, savings accounts, money market funds, treasury bills. So, yeah, the money's not going anywhere, but it's not going up at all either. I'll tell you one of the things that I'm doing, which might be of help to the listeners, I'm doing something called Commercial Mortgage Bridge Loans, and there's a website related to that, commercialmortgagebridgeloans.com. That is a way the average person can earn 6% over one year, super safely. You get monthly checks. You get your money back at the end of the year Um, because what they're doing is they're lending money to high-quality commercial real estate projects, shopping centers, hotels, apartment buildings, to renovate or improve their products. And then they pay interest during the year. At the end of the year, the project's done. You get your money back, at which time you can take it and do what you like with it. Or most people just reinvest on another bridge loan and keep their money earning 6%. You can do that inside an individual retirement account, IRA, or outside, or both. Um, and there's a nice, safe way. When the stock market's been wildly volatile, bonds you get like 1.5%. Cash, as we said, you get zero, basically. That's what I've been doing with my money, getting 6%. So if you save it, good but have it earned something for you, and there's a way to do it. Again, if that helps anybody, the website for that, commercialmortgagebridgeloans.com, and all the things we've been talking about and plenty more, they can find out more at my website, moneyanswers.com. That is so helpful for you to share those resources with us, Jordan. I really appreciate it. You know, one of the things that I've been seeing during this presidential election is all of these commercials where um, they've got, you know, uh, pretend voters, actors, um, talking about uh, being an energy voter and make sure you're an energy voter and be informed. How do you see gas prices and the energy sector of the economy impacting the upcoming presidential election? Well, it's a major factor. I mean, what a difference from uh, four years ago when energy prices were well over $100 a barrel and it was taking a major toll on consumers. Now you've had this benefit, uh, but it's just not being used in a particularly good way if people earn nothing on their savings account. Um, the, the energy-oriented states are really hurting, not only the individuals and the companies there, but think of what's happening to the state budgets and the municipalities, right? They're getting far, far less revenue than they were expecting, and either they're going to have to cut back on services dramatically, raise taxes, they're going to have to 
do something dramatic. I'll just give you an example. I do radio shows all over the country. I did one recently in Alaska. Alaska, the entire budget for the entire year is $6 billion. They are anticipating a $3 billion deficit from what they're expecting before because of oil in the 20s instead of 100. So they're going to have to cut government back by 50% in Alaska. I mean, can you imagine what that's going to do to the state government there? And that's It'll true in Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, North Dakota, Wyoming. All these oil-producing states are really, really going to be hurting here. So if you were going to give consumers one piece of advice about how they can leverage the drop in oil prices, um, what would that be? So falling oil prices is part of a general trend, which is deflation, prices falling. So if you play it right and you hold on to your principal in a nice, safe way, earn a decent yield on it, your purchasing power is actually going up. That's a wonderful thing. A, a year ago, if you spent $3 a gallon and now you're spending $2 a gallon, your purchasing power, your same dollar is buying you more gas at a cheaper price. That's a good thing. And that's true in other areas of the economy as well. You're seeing deflation. So the idea is to hold on to your money, earn a decent yield, like these commercial mortgage bridge loans I mentioned, getting out of debt. You really don't want to be in debt in a deflationary economy because it's very, very expensive. Particularly the worst is credit card debt at 18 or 25 percent or something like that. You really want to get out of debt as fast as you can. So if you play it right, deflation can be the best for consumers because for the first time in many, many years, their purchasing power is actually increasing. Well, I think that's really super helpful, helpful information. And, uh, I really appreciate your sharing those websites with us. And of course, if you have any additional questions, remember, you can go to Jordan's website directly, moneyanswers.com, and we're going to provide a link for you on the, uh, the show page. Just click on that link under Jordan's bio and you can go directly to his website where you can email your financial questions directly to Jordan and he'll answer them. It's been an informative, and thought-provoking discussion. Jordan, I really appreciate your being here on the show today. Thanks so much, and always glad to help your listeners at MoneyAnswers.com. I do answer their emails and even call them back sometimes. Wow, that is awesome. Well, it's been a great thought-provoking discussion about oil prices and the economy, but now it's time for a short break. When we come back, I'll be talking with Kennedy Hodges partner, attorney Don Fody, about state and federal minimum wages and how they impact both businesses and employees. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back here on Current Talk Radio. Did you know that your pageant paperwork is the secret to impressing the judges before you even walk into the interview room? It's true. Your pageant paperwork really is the foundation of your pageant interview. With my Rock Your Contestant Bio DIY coaching resource, you'll learn to avoid the most common paperwork mistakes and establish yourself as a leading choice for the title. Just visit my website today at www.valeriehayes.com and click on the Rock Your Bio tab. A great contestant bio is the first step towards your crowning moment. Are you looking for couture jewelry to create your winning look? Internationally known pageant jewelry designer Stephanie Summers has been creating crowning looks for elite contestants across all the major pageant systems for over a decade. Whether you select a custom piece of jewelry handcrafted to match your wardrobe exactly, or you wear something special from Stephanie's new affordably priced trifles collection, you'll stand out as a contestant who's ready to wear the crown. Why spend all that money on a great gown and then wear run-of-the-mill jewelry? Visit www.stephaniesummers.com today and let her create the jewelry of your dreams. 
Are you entering your first pageant and feeling a little nervous about the pageant interview? Or are you an experienced contestant but feel that your pageant interview scores don't reflect your true abilities? Do you want to develop a winning pageant interview that reflects your personal style and puts you over the top? I'm Valerie Hayes, and I'm an award-winning pageant coach who has a proven track record of coaching contestants and developing the public speaking skills necessary to impress the judges. I've created a variety of options just for you, including DIY coach yourself at home materials, teleseminars, workshops, and VIP private coaching to help you develop your winning pageant interview. You'll learn the techniques that professional speakers, spokesmodels, and even politicians and press secretaries use to come across as confident and informed every time. Plus, I'll teach you how to handle trick questions and to seed the interview so that you get questions that highlight you as the obvious choice for the title. So visit my website, ValerieHayes.com, and click on the VIP Coaching tab today, and we'll get started on working towards your crowning moment. Hollywood Fashion Tape, the star's secret to looking perfectly put together, is also the favorite fashion solution company for the pageant world. The creators of the original hypoallergenic double-stick tape used to prevent wardrobe malfunctions, Hollywood Fashion Tape also offers a wide assortment of clever, problem-solving products designed to give you a competitive edge on stage or off. From our guaranteed no-show concealers to our never-fail breast lift tape, we've got you covered. Visit HollywoodFashionTape.com and see how you can have the same confidence the stars have when walking your red carpet. 